ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 proudly present The Killer Bees. Definitely a fan of The Killer Bees. Don't sweat the technique. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here comes the fastest three hours in Houston sports radio. Here's Joe Blank and Jeremy Branham. Oh, hell yeah. You about to get all stung up. Final hour of the Killer Bees here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Joe George now here because Jeremy had other more important things to do than hang out with us for the last hour of the show. BMAC behind the glass. Joel here still. The only one put in a real three hours of work doing their actual job today. Pretty every day. So congratulations, Joel. Thanks. Appreciate it. Um, real quick here on the what we were just talking about with Dusty Baker in next year. It's, it's funny that we're having this conversation because... I, I like you, Joel, was was very no on Dusty Baker. Mm-hmm. It was no matter what, it's time for Dusty Baker to not be here next year and it's time to move on. It, it's it's funny how much the playoffs change your perspective because like hearing the question right away, it's like, yeah, Dusty Baker should be back. Selfishly for the first part of this, I think he's great content. Like for the show, the station, the media in general, the Dusty Baker decisions that he makes throughout the year is great content for all of us because it, it gives a reaction. And, and yes, the next manager might do so, but I, I'm all for it. The only caveat I would give to if Dusty Baker is going to be back it is really it comes down to, and we're going to do a little bit more on Yiner Diaz in the next segment, it, it really comes down to Yiner Diaz. Like Next season, the expectation is that he needs to play more than he has played this year doesn't matter who the manager is. So like if Dusty's going to be back, I think that's just one thing. Now Michael Brantley will I, I think is probably a no. I think he rides off into the sunset, hopefully with a World Series ring that he can, you know, be on the field for this time to win. And Yiner Diaz can DH more next year. But that that's like my only caveat is if Dusty Baker is going to be here next year, I would just like to see Yiner Diaz play more, but it's hard not to live in the moment and just be like, yeah, if Dusty wants to come back, Dusty gets to come back. Look, you're right. I think it goes back to the conversation we just had in terms of what is the most powerful and impactful things when you're trying to figure out who's the best manager in the history of the Astros. The playoffs matter. They're magnified. They mean more. So if Dusty does what he does in the regular season and it infuriates and it frustrates others like it it frustrates me, that leads us, Joe, to kind of come to the conclusions that we did leading into the playoffs. But when you get playoff victories, when you get them the way that they got them, when he impacts those victories with the moves that he makes, it's also easy to see why there is a path for him to be the manager of this team again next year, whether they win the World Series or not. The thing that I, I, I kind of always want to bring up now as a caveat because of what's been brought up through idiots and that scrutinize media and otherwise, I never would say that I want this team to lose so that we get rid of a manager. I never would say that this guy can't come back and be the manager of this team next year. What matters most is, is this team getting wins? Is this team getting victories? Is it continuing to live up to the potential that we see and know it still has? To this point, they are, and the way they're doing it says, if Dusty wants to come back or they want Dusty back and they can agree, concessions, I think, is is the discussion. He can come back and manage his team, but you got to make some concessions. I think you're right. Yiner's got to be the starting catcher next year. You know, is Maldi willing to make the concession to be the backup, to stay a part of this organization, and to kind of teach him the ropes while he still gets an opportunity to play and be a part of this winning culture? Great. If he's not, that's a tough discussion. Michael Brantley, if you want to come back on a sweetheart deal because you basically stole money for three quarters of the year and they don't have to play you all the time, but you're going to be there when the time is right, and then 
getting you geared up so that when the playoffs come around again, you're ready to go yet again, and you do it at a very reasonable price, then that's a concession on both sides, and that can be had. If you're not, hate to break it to you folks, but I hope he does get a chance to ride off into the sunset, but you can't do that again. Yeah, it's so interesting, too, because the Astros are really just I feel like they operate so differently than and then almost every professional sports team because like Dusty Baker's going year to year with his contracts and it really feels like it's only up to Jim Crane. You know, it's it's very similar to Justin Verlander. It was like you, we're going to pay Justin Verlander. We're going to retrade for Justin Verlander. We're going to keep Dusty Baker on a year to year deal. We're going to fire a general manager after winning the World Series. So like Jim Crane is really the one who calls the shots here and I don't expect Dana Brown to have much you know, to have much say so in this, honestly. And you look at the text reaction right away. It's like one of the first things we get here is 8143. No to Dusty Baker coming back. I think the Astros are winning in spite of him. I personally, I don't agree with that because it, you can say that like, it's, it's, it's how it always goes, right? Like a manager gets too much credit, I think, in baseball when you win and they get too much blame when they lose. Like a manager, at, for the most part, can only do what his player players are going to do like if he goes to Brian Abreu in the eighth and then Ryan Presley blows the game in the ninth and like people are going to crush Dusty Baker for it it's not his fault Ryan Presley's the closer think about it's that Ryan too, Presley blowing the game not Dusty Baker as great of a call it was on your part that you're going to use Abreu in the highest of high leverage situations that almost backfired last night because Presley had to face the meat of that order yeah. in the ninth inning but he got the job done you're right and I think that look I go back to keep saying and I'll keep saying this the reason why I scrutinized Dusty the way I did is because I'm not so sure that this had to be as close of a race all season long as it turned out to be in the final week of the season until they kind of backdoored their way into winning the division. I think if you have less less of the Dusty being Dusty and the Pawpaw's belly trust, you have more wins at the end of the season, and you're not looking at trying to scratch and claw your way into winning the division. Yeah. Uh, one thing you guys also talked about earlier that I, I didn't weigh in too much on that I, I did want to address. I, I know you have, you know, you, you get annoyed by the tweets from Mr. Gelski, Mr. Not Santa. Icy, uh, yep. Icy I, hot. I, I do I do want to take this moment to apologize. I do want to say, Mr. Bagwell, I'm sorry. Like, really? I, I if it, it was frustrating the You're whole good. season. Will, will you say that next year when Montero's still making what he's making and blowing up and imploding? Maybe not, but like <laughs> at least for now, like Jose well, Abreu is worth on. he's worth every penny. Like what he's done the last part of the season, what he's done early in the playoffs. Jose Abreu has been everything you've needed and more. We talked about keys to the series to going back to the World Series, and I said the corners. Well, the corners showed up, man. Like Bregman and Abreu were were. As good as they can be. I saw way less buzzkill tweets from Dr. Dre so far in the playoffs yep. than I was expecting. And Jose Abreu, like, without him, I don't, I don't know where you are. Oh, you're not. You might not even be in the playoffs I don't think without you Jose are. Abreu. And, and now you're in the ALCS, and I have full confidence. And I had it before. It's like, if they get here, they're the best team. And I have full confidence that they are going to run through the Rangers, and they're going to get to the World Series. And I think we're going to get a rematch between them and the Phillies. I think it's possible. Yeah, I just, I'd be happy if they got there. I just I I, don't, I can't look past the Rangers because as as much as you dominated them in the regular season, this team's red hot right yeah, now. Yeah, they are they're they're real hot. So yeah, I, I don't I'm I'm taking everything a game at a time. I mean, first of all, I'm not saying it can kiss my ass because it gets too <laughs> annoying that all he does is continue to retweet that anytime one of I, the three do well, and, and it is all fun and games because we've met him before and he's actually showed his face and and put his face with his name and, and we've had some fun with it. But the fact is. I still don't believe in Montero. 
I still have deep concerns about two more years of Montero at that price to do what I, I, I fully expect him to do just like he did this season. Be okay, but not be one of the top eight relievers in in baseball. I, I do have deep concerns as much as I love what Abreu is doing right now. Can he do it for a full 162 next year? Are we going to continue to see the decline to where it's going to be the return on investment that is going to be way lower than what you needed to get out of the deal? And Brantley, look, it wasn't as long of a deal, but you basically threw away three quarters of the season and say eight to nine million of that 12 plus million dollar deal. He's been good right now. Yeah. But for how long? Yeah, it, it, it's so it's so interesting to see like the way that like these guys have turned it on. And we'll say with the, the Montero part of this is the one that I, I think Dusty made it clear in this series like he doesn't really believe in him either. So uh, Montero is a guy that if the Astros are gonna you know even not just lose like not just win the ALCS and and, and win the World Series, I don't expect to see a lot of Rafael Montero through the next you know fourteen games or whatever's left in the season. I just think he's going to really be, you know, not part of this team except in blowout situations. I, I don't expect much from him. But that's that's the problem. No, and it definitely is a problem. And, Return and- on investment. Oh, we, we always talk about the ROI. And the ROI is one thing. We talk about the back of the baseball card because of Jeff Bagwell. Well, the back of the baseball card should have told you that you were never going to get the return on investment if you gave him three years and $33 million because he had a career year last year. So that's what's so concerning. That's why I won't give Bags his flowers, and I won't do what Not Santa wants us all to do. It's because it's still a mistake in the grand scheme of things when you give a guy that's basically had one career year and otherwise been a journeyman the kind of money and, and where it sits in baseball with how important money is. Let's tie these conversations together. More likely to be back next year on opening day for the Astros. Dusty Baker or Rafael Montero? Dusty Baker. I agree. I think Dana Brown gets out of that contract. He's going to try. I think he trades him for like an A-ball guy who said Tommy John twice. And it's like, please just take him. Frankly, go the JV route. Like, pay the money. Get him out of here if you're not going to use him. Reallocate that money or pay Hector Neris. Do something. But, See, yeah, I, I think I, I think there's a better chance that Dusty's back next year than Montero. I, I agree with that. And I think that, Joe, you're on to something. Because my I had a conversation with a buddy of mine this morning. That, that I just fully believe that the most important guy that you have to retain in that bullpen is Hector Neris. He's been too valuable. He's done so many good things. Yeah, he did the one bad thing, but you know what? We can look past that because, again, he did it last night. And when you put him in, everybody wants to say, well, you can't use him again because of what happened in game two. Not true. The, the, or game one. The fact of the matter is, this dude has been Houdini all year for you. His stuff translates to outs. He gets you out of big jams. He doesn't sit there and melt under pressure. And he's been a guy that I when you call his number, he gets it done for you. And I think he's so important as we continue this golden era to keep him around as opposed to letting him walk and go somewhere else. And he certainly, if he was, let me flip it on you. If this was a year ago, Hector Neris, I would, would you feel more comfortable giving Hector Neris a Montero deal or Montero? Probably, I probably would have said Neris. Because like it, it, it was always I, I never was a real believer in Montero who he was last year. And it was it, it was a bad contract. Like there's absolutely no doubt about that. But look, the the Astros are in the ALCS. Game one is on Sunday. You'll hear that game right here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Justin Verlander will be on the mound. How much 
playing time do you want? Will we see from Yair Diaz? We discuss that next year on the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Look, guys, the big weekend starts tonight. You know, you got NFL, you got college football. You heard Lee Sterling give you some advice, and, and, and there's so much more there on the bone. But if you heard what you heard and you liked what he had to say and you thought, well, maybe I can cash in on that, you can. And the only place I tell you to do that is mybookie.ag. We just got done talking Astros. You feel good about the Astros taking on the, the Oklahoma City Rangers and, and you want to get some money in on it? Well, Go right ahead. Go to mybookie.ag and use the promo code BET975 because as a listener to ESPN 97.5, if you always remember the promo code BET975 and every time you put $50 or more into your account, like right now, whether you're getting in for the first time or you're reloading your account, use that promo code and cash in immediately because before you even put money down on a game, if you put in at least 50 bucks, you're going to get 200 extra bucks in your account. It's like magic. It's awesome. More money in your account, more games you can bet on, more chances to win. Why wouldn't you love all of that and love my bookie for doing it for you just by knowing the promo code BET975? That's the kind of thing that they do on a daily basis. They take care of their customers. They got all kinds of other things going on, promotions where you can cash in. They've got live dealers standing by if you just want to play casino games. But the main thing is they're customer focused and they don't just talk about it. They're all about it. That means they do these kind of things regularly where you can cash in. And oh, by the way, you get that bonus money. If you bet it one time and win, you can actually check it out. Get the money in your back pocket. Have some fun with it. Compliments of mybookie.ag. That's why I love these guys. That's why it's the only place I tell you to go to because they take care of their customers. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with the only place I tell you to do it. It's mybookie.ag and use that promo code BET975. You're welcome. All teams covered. No stalking points necessary. You're back with the Killer Bees on 97.5 and 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. Joe George and Joel Blank here with you on the Killer Bees till 6 o'clock. Then we'll have Game On with Barry Laminak and Jerome Solomon coming up after us. Uh, Jeremy Branham out getting ready for the Cougs game today as they get ready to take on West Virginia. I'm sure he didn't like Lee Sterling's prediction about that game. I noticed that he not only gave it to me, but then he was extremely silent when Lee was breaking it down. What's he supposed to say? I mean, I know, uh, but you know how he is with his kooks. Yeah. All right. So, Yiner Diaz started one game in the ALDS, and now the ALCS approaching. You know, I think it's safe to say that Verlander, Fromber, Javier Urquidy, one through four, and then maybe J.P. France goes game five or just goes back to Verlander. I, at this point, it's hard to say, but... Like, I, I don't expect Yiner Diaz to catch a single game um, in the postseason. And frankly, I probably don't expect him, unless Michael Brantley is sore, to start more than one game in the ALCS. Because I think Dusty Baker, like, realized, like, that one game was nice, but the way they're attacking him, you oh. know, like, I just, I think he's unplayable. He's, he's so cold. And Brantley's rolling, so like I, I think it'd be a mistake to put Yiner in. Take frankly. Dusty out of the equation, Joe, and the answer is you're not going to see Yiner Diaz unless there's a pinch-hitting roll or there's a late-game cleanup. Yep. Because of the fact that we already told you going into the division series that Yiner Diaz is not going to catch a single game in this series. Hate to break it to you, that's a fact, okay? And then there was already apprehension because of the numbers when Dusty decided that he had to do what he probably felt some pressure to do and get Yiner some at-bats. When you saw those at-bats, nothing should have told you that you need to see more of them. 
Nothing should have told you that he is a guy that should be DHing over Michael Brantley. And oh, by the way, Uncle Mike is raking right now. And as everybody nationally and locally have told you, he is a professional hitter. This is what he does. And this is at a time when he got a ring last year, but he wants to be a big part of a ring. He's going to make sure that he's okay to play unless it's really drastic with his shoulder. And we're, I just think Yiner Diaz has been put on ice unless you see a mop-up or a late-inning a late inning pinch hit when you need a bopper with a chance to kind of get one big swing to get you back in. Other than that, the Yiner, the Yiner discussions can be tabled until next year. Yeah, I, the only time, you know, just if, if based on what we've seen from Michael Brantley's track record, I guess there would be some kind of question of, Will he play in this stretch? Would be game three, four, and five. You know, it's it's Tuesday, it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday next week. So like maybe we see like a Yiner Diaz in, in game three or game four, and then Michael Brantley plays the other two games. But I I just don't I don't expect him to to start much, if not at all. And frankly, no, it doesn't matter the matchups because if it's a lefty out there, I still want. I still want I still want Brantley, no doubt, and, like, and because he's a professional hitter, he's so good. Like the, the way he's played, I just. And, and what he and professional hitter, I, I I feel like it's it's underselling him. The fact that he can be out for as long as he is, and then come back and immediately be good, like no his, rehab stint either. Exactly, his first rehab stint. I think he went zero for four, but every single hit had ninety plus miles an hour on his exit velocity. His last return, he got right back into the swing of things. Like what he does is so impressive. There's probably very few baseball players on this planet that can be as good as he is coming off an injury stint or off of a couple days, like he, he's the only one that can do Let's it. Let's also think about this, Joe. Late in the season and then again yesterday, let's think about what the knock was on Brantley that we saw wasn't a knock on Brantley. He has pop. Not extra base pop, not doubles pop, yard pop. Yep. You know what? He got your yard pop when you needed it most in the biggest games of the year. So there's no reason to believe he can't keep doing that if he has to, but the professional hitter thing plus the pop mm-hmm. takes you to a level where you say, look, we all saw, we all loved what Yiner did in the regular season. But this is why I was adamant about saying the one thing you got to be, in, in so many different cases, J.P. France, Yiner Diaz, experience matters. Mm-hmm. Playoff experience matters. Not major league experience. Now, He's going to go into Arlington at a place where he's had success against a pitching staff and a team where he knows he and the team has had success. Maybe that gives him a little bit more of a comfort if he's in Arlington in this series. It's still the playoffs. It's still the bright lights. It's still the big stage. Why would you go away from Michael Brantley if it's working? I I would be shocked if they do, honestly. Uh, The other guy I think that we've just kind of unfairly neglected uh, today when talking about yesterday's game Frankly, I think it's the moment where I really was like, oh, this game's over, was the Jeremy Pena double play. Oh, my God. That play was electric. What Jeremy Pena has done, can, like, in the regular season, the postseason, and the pop was almost there yesterday. The home runs are gone. But he has been so consistently just good and then I think excellent, is fair to say, on defense. That that play early in the game yesterday was a complete game changer. I mean, like, right away, they, they take Jose Arquiti almost deep in the first inning and then to like to catch it and make the diving tag was absolutely incredible. It was and it it was a game changer for Urquidy, I believe. Because I believe if he doesn't make that play, you're setting yourself up for a potential for a big inning or a crooked number, which means Urquidy might not survive the first inning. Yeah. And and, and I had said uh, as we were starting to watch the game that the first thing that I was concerned about was just Urquidy's first inning. 
because their first inning is so essential and crucial to Urquidy for his comfort level so that he can settle in and do it. And LaRosa and I were watching the first inning, and I said, man, this is key. You got to be really careful here. And then the double play happened. And I'm like, now you can take that big side relief. He still gave up the home run, but he avoided the crooked number. And that was so big because I, I, I told you guys when the series started, the game within the game unfairly was going to be Correa versus Pena. People lost their mind about the play Correa made to end the game against Pena in the ninth inning when it really didn't matter. The plays Pena made defensively, he's never going to have the cannon that Pena has, but the plays he made at the most crucial points in big-time games were more impactful. Yeah, Correa, we know what he can do, but what we saw Jeremy Pena do means if you still believe pay the man, you're an idiot because 30 million versus what Pena's making and the plays that Pena continues to make, uh, I'm good with Pena. I saw Jeremy tweet this. Pay the man. Pay Pena. Uh, We've talked about this. We talked about before the season started. Like, based on the history of the Atlanta Braves with what Dana Brown saw when he was there, like, we thought there was a chance you could see Jeremy Pena get a contract at some point this offseason. I think it's coming. Like, and and frankly, I'm ready for it. Like, I don't think it's going to be some astronomical number. I think you're going to get him on a good, fair deal like we saw the Braves do with, like, a Michael Harris. But... He just brings so much. Like you, you think about that first inning. Julian hits the double to center, and then you get the double play, and then Royce Lewis goes deep. If if he doesn't make that play, you've got at at best either a runs already scored or runners at the corners, and then it's a three nothing game if Lewis follows track and goes deep. That's a totally different ball game in that moment. It, it just you can't yeah. deny how big of a play that was. It was absolutely incredible. Minimum, you're down two nothing. The chance for a big inning is wide open, and the percentages go way up. And he makes a play that literally was a game changer and a, and a game saver because you think about it, and it ends up three two, and you get both your both your scoring opportunities off long balls. Mm-hmm. You'd have been at a tie game, probably. It's a, look, it, it was. I think it, it changed the game, and it, then they get the home run later. They win the game four three if it just plays out. You look at the, the ifs, buts, candies, nuts, but the thing to your your point on the contract, would he be willing to take a Jordan-type deal that still is a little bit more team-friendly, but you appreciate the fact they're doing it sooner than they have to? Or is he going to be a guy that says, no, I can be Correa when all this plays out. I can get the massive money I'm holding out. Well, frankly, I, I, if, if Jeremy Pena's agent's telling him that, I think he's getting bad advice. Because like I think he's a really good player. I don't think he's ever going to get a $30 million contract. So that's why I think you can pay him now. And you're probably buying out a year or two of free agency. You're mm-hmm. not buying out five, six years. So it's very similar to like what Bregman's does, but cheaper. I just, I, 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 I would pay Pena this off season. And it's because of plays like we saw last night and what we've seen through the ALDS and all of the postseason last year. He's just, he's an incredible talent. It's the it gene, Joe. He has it. <clears throat> he just has it. Like he has everything you possibly need from an, from a shortstop. He has all the swag. He has all the ability. I just, I would love to see the pop come back, but even then the way he gets on base, it, it's plenty for me. All right. We talked about Jerry Judy a little bit earlier. Should the Texans pursue other trade deadline targets, mainly from the Broncos, other teams that might sell? We discussed that next year on the killer bees on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, I want to tell you about my good friend, Doc Linville again. Look, I've been telling you about him forever and a day. And it's because I can speak from personal experience. I had the neograph procedure. Doc was the one that contacted me. He told me, Joel, you got to consider this, man. You can get your hairline back. I thought it was gone forever. 
I thought eventually I was going to shave my head. I just think that, didn't think there were any answers other than the sprays and the creams and the foams that are just going to mask the problem. When he explained to me and walked me through the Neograph procedure, when I did my consultation, when I understood that you're never going to lose the hair on the sides of the back of your head no matter where else you lose it, and that he can take some of that, repurpose it, and get you the coverage area that you've always had when you were younger, I was convinced. I was locked in. He told me 95 to 99% of the follicles that he moves are going to stay and grow, be with you for the long haul, never go anywhere because you're taking them from a spot that they will never disappear. When I saw it actually firsthand by going through the procedure, then saw the hair get stronger and longer with every passing day, and then in six to nine months see the full results, could not be happier, and you could be the next in line to get that consultation and then get that procedure. And the bottom line is you get the consultation for free, like I did. You don't have to pay the 150 bucks that he normally charges everybody else. Because you're a listener to ESPN 97.5, because you go to 975hair.com to get the consultation, you get it free. Go in, no obligation, no signing on the bottom line, no money out of pocket. Ask all your questions, get all your answers, see if it's right for you too. If it is, you probably will come out happier, happier than I did. And I came out ecstatic because the procedure doesn't hurt, because the procedure works, and because you get your hair back. It's as simple as that. Check it out today. Go to 975hair.com. Tell them Joel sent you by because I could not be happier with Doc Linville. Welcome back, Houston. These guys missed you over the last break. It's the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Joe George and Joel Blank here with you on the Killer Bees till 6 o'clock on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. King of Twitch is calling me stupid for my take on Jeremy Pena, saying Mm -hmm. that they should give him a long-term contract right now. Take out the reason why and just call it a day that ends in why when King of Twitch just kind of comes at thinks you. thinks all my takes are bad. He and Junior are not, they're the king of your anti-fan club. That's fine. King still loves me. I know. I know, King. You didn't actually call me stupid, but you said I'd know less baseball than your three-year-old niece. So that's the same thing. Same thing, right? If you say I know less baseball than a three-year-old, you're calling me stupid. Fair? Is that a fair assumption? So that means you and Joseph are a push? Yeah, he's two and a half. But like, yeah, yeah, so you're a push because a three-year-old knows more? How do you teach a little kid to catch? I, 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 Joseph. I have please, a parent's Please question. realize it ain't th- three is not the equation. He can throw it. He right. Can, he can throw it, but like I throw him the ball, and it just like he just like lets it hit off his face. One like day. He doesn't put his hands up ever, and we're, I, I thought we were close when he was like one. Like I was seeing signs. I was like, oh, he can catch. Like we're already there. We're backtracking. No, you, you're you're fast tracking. Slow down. You've I got wa- plenty of time, but it's going to take a ton of it because I literally had the, the reason that I got my oldest daughter to finally understand how is they make a softball that is actually looks and feels and constructed just like a softball, but it's mushy. And that's the only way that you can get, avoid the fear factor of kids believe everything's going to hurt. He doesn't even flinch, Joel. He just like lets it. He laughs half the time. Like, I throw the ball back, and it hits him in the face. So, like, father, funny. like, son, rock head. So Apparently. That, so Evan, it maybe you're bother. trying the wrong sport, Joe. Maybe you should play hockey. He can play soccer. He can kick pretty well. It he's, sounds like he's got a future as a goalie uh, in his future. That's an expensive sport. I don't ever want my kid to play as hockey. Oh, no, 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 no. So, this, and this is weird, How do you too. play hockey? If he doesn't even flinch taking something off the face, it sounds like he's, a, he's a hockey goalie. Brian is on to something player. here. But here's the other thing, which I found out, which is maybe because it's it's not a popular sport down here. There is a girl that plays on my daughter's softball team whose parents were trying to find the sport that she likes best. They signed her up for hockey. 
out in Sugar Land, if you play hockey, it's like 150 bucks for the season, and they give you the equipment. Oh. They give you the skates. They give you the equipment. I'm like, do you realize? I was telling the mom, do you realize what a deal that is? Coming up in the Midwest, where I know what hockey gear costs. Yeah, the Midwest, it was totally, which is so weird because like, I think it's just that makes me just think it was a scam growing I don't up. Want my daughter oh, that or hockey? they're just more desperate to get kids to play. That's here. what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 I don't want my daughter getting anywhere near hockey. Like, if she wanted to pursue it, the fact that that's part of the deal, like, even if she decides she ain't playing, you get to keep but they, it? they get to keep it. It's a good deal. It's a freaking awesome deal. All right, let's get some text and stuff. So we talked about the Jerry Judy rumors earlier, but the Broncos are one of those teams, like, they're, they're going to sell more than that. It sounds like Cortland Sutton's on the table. You know, there's other teams that might sell. I'm curious what, like, a team like the Carolina Panthers will do, specifically with, with Burns. The defensive end, like if they'll try to move him because their their season's just falling apart. Do you want to see Nick Casario be aggressive at all before the deadline? Because we are seeing kind of the tide change a little bit in the NFL, where the trade deadline it, it's not it's not Major League Baseball, and it's not even the NBA, but like it it, it is moving towards like there being more trade activity in the NFL during the regular season. So would you like to see Nick Casario be aggressive at all or just kind of hold off till the offseason? Here's my thing. I want you it's, – it's your d- definition of the term aggressive, right? I believe that as a general manager, you should be kicking – I've used this term way too much, but I use it all the time when it re- relates to any general manager in any situation like this. You should be kicking the tires on every single opportunity that is there and out there as a possibility – it doesn't mean you have to jump on any of them. It doesn't mean you have to attack any of them. But if you aren't kicking the tires and figuring out, well, what are they asking for? What would it take? Would this guy fit? Then you ain't doing your job. Because if you're doing your job correctly, before the Denver Broncos could even put up the sign that says fire sale, final deals, no offer refused, you need to be already calling Denver going, who are you getting rid of? Yeah. Who can I, ta- who can I consider taking off your hands? This is what I'm looking for. What's it going to cost me? I'm looking at Sutton. I'm looking at I'm looking at Judy. I'm looking at guys on the offensive line. I'm looking at all these different players that you might be looking at trying to unload for the sake of just getting them off your books and saying, how many of these guys can I get? At what price? And is that price getting me a player that's better than what I could get with my draft picks? I, I am curious. The one player I'm most curious about is Patrick Sertan. Now, Benjamin Albright, who works for the the flagship up there, the, the Broncos flagship, has said right now he's the only player I would agree with that, that the Broncos are not going to move. But like, if you're going to fire sell, what the hell does a good corner do for you? Well, but like, I think if you're, from, if you're the worst team in the NFL, what does he do for you? Well, but you're going to need another corner, and he's young, and he's a guy that you can still build around. That's that's all fair. So I think from Sean Payton's perspective, he still knows talent in football. We all know that every time a guy comes into a new situation. He wants to put his groceries in the cupboard before he starts serving dinner. And I don't think Russell Wilson's his guy. And I don't think that a lot of these veterans were his guy. And if there was a chance that they could win this year and he could actually kind of change people's minds and the perception of him and what's going to happen in Denver, then he was going to ride with the veterans early. When he figured out it's the same old Broncos as last year, now he's just going to do what's in his best interest for the long term, which is get the guys that I don't like out the guys I don't think have the ability that the last guy did out and let me start rebuilding the cupboard with my groceries. If that's the case, no matter who comes into this situation, you should say Patrick Sertan's a guy that I believe factors into my long-term, my, my long-term dinner. 
But other than that, if I'm looking at it, I need a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I, I need defensive players that aren't going to disrupt the locker room doing it their way. Everybody's got to do it my way or it's the highway. Yeah, I, I'm just – it's going to be fascinating to see, like, who sells. it Because part of the equation, I think, is Caleb Williams. No doubt. That, like – could Minnesota, will they try to bail on Kirk Cousins? Will they try to trade him? I know yesterday he said he's not thinking about it because they asked him about his his uh, his no-trade clause. I, I think that Kirk Cousins doesn't get moved personally. I think they want to. I think they want to, but they've also like have an entire team of guys like Harrison Smith and a bunch of these veterans who have taken pay cuts to you know kind of buy into the Vikings' way of what they've been trying to accomplish. So then now telling all those veterans who have taken pay cuts, hey, we're bailing, guys. Like, we're going to we're gonna bail on the season. Like, sorry, not sorry. But, like, we'll see what they do. I mean, like, this is the same team organization that has traded Randy Moss and Stephon Diggs. Like, there's still people who believe that Justin Jefferson, like, could be on the move this offseason. I doubt it, but. Here's the thing. you got to factor in a couple of things here, Joe, and it goes back to what I just said about Casario. You always have to be kicking the tires. Part of kicking the tires is kick the tires in your own locker room. Sit down with Harrison Smith. Sit down with guys that have done solids for you and say, I want to do a solid by you. Do you want to play somewhere else if I can move you? Are you I know you took less money in certain situations. So if you want to truly stay here, I, 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 will, I will factor that in. I'm not giving you a guarantee, but I'll factor it in. Yeah. But at the same time, if you want to go to a winning situation, if you want to go to a team that has a chance to win this year, I'm on board with doing it if you are. Because that's the kind of work relationship you got to have when a guy's already taken less to stay. Because he's already done you a solid. Don't screw him over. Yeah. But I think that from the standpoint of like the Vikings, as opposed to the Broncos, you got a coach that doesn't have the kind of clout and didn't you'd have to give up as much to get Sean Payton. Like when you in, if you're in Minnesota, yeah, Cousins has the no trade. But if Kirk Cousins is trying to play for another contract and you lost Jefferson for the next four weeks. How good are they going to be anyway? And it sounds like it might be more than four weeks. Yeah. That like he, he might not be out there. Uh, one other thing that obviously we are keeping our eye on here in Houston throughout the NFL season is Deshaun Watson yeah. and the Cleveland Browns and where their draft pick is going to fall. And Josina Anderson has just reported that even though he's been medically cleared, that Deshaun Watson will not play this weekend against the San Francisco 49ers. And he is going to miss their game Again, and it sounds like Houston Roughnecks legend PJ Walker could be the starting quarterback. Talking about talk about weekend. throwing someone to the Wolves. You're playing the Niners Good with Fred luck. Warner, with Bosa, with that front seven, with that defense. And on the flip side, you're talking about a dude that has checked out. You're talking about a dude that's, that's got what, the that's money. The vibe I get too. Yeah, he got the money, and now he's gonna. Because remember, you brought it up. He warmed up. Two weeks ago, with the intention of he got cleared after warming up and and warmed up with the intention of showing he could play, and then he chose not to play. And it's weird. I was listening to an interview. Um, I think it was on. I think it was Albert Breer was on the Dan Patrick Show, and like what he brought up was, you know, was pain tolerance. Like you know, like yes, you might be medically cleared, but there is a pain tolerance threshold for which players are going to play. Now I understand that like this is a different injury. But it's weird to hear someone talk about pain tolerance with Deshaun Watson when Deshaun Watson is the same guy who had a punctured lung, rode a bus from Houston to Jacksonville, and then played in that game just three or four years ago. Like, being that guy to now being medically cleared and missing two games in a row by choice? Like, you're talking about two different quarterbacks 
in a lot of ways. And I think, yeah, I just don't think he wants to play. So I think you're, I, when you say missing, though, I think you're missing something. The power of massage. Hmm. The power of the massage. He doesn't have a masseuse. Yeah, the power of the massage was there then. It's not there now. I, I, I was just going to ask, is it possible that he never actually wanted to be with the Cleveland Browns, but that was the team that willing to give him the contract that he got, and now that he's got the contract, he's pulling the, 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 the move out of the playbook that other athletes have used before. Get the contract first, and then force your way out of that city to where you really want to play. It, it's a good question. Whether because... he wants to be traded or not, Brian, the biggest thing, too, is, is he Kelvin Cato? Does he really love the game? Because I, did he love the money see, and the fame, like, or does he see, love the game? I was going to go Derek Bell Operation Shutdown. It seemed like he wa- <laughs> he did love the game at one point. I mean, like to have a punctured lung to ride a bus, like all the stuff. But you he were on went a rookie contract, Joe. I you know. had to get the cash. And he got once paid. you got the bag, things change. Yeah, I just I, I it's the whole Getting the bag thing changes some players. You remember what happened to Sean Alexander in Seattle? Uh, I guess that's been about 15 years ago, but that Running was back, the, yeah. the talk around Sean Alexander. The Seahawks were worried about as soon as we pay him, he's going to shut it down, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I, it's just it's fascinating to see kind of like what happens with Deshaun Watson. It's awesome for the Houston Texans. That defense is really talented, but between you know the kid from UCLA and and then PJ Walker, whoever's starting at quarterback, that team is not going to be able to sustain. You know, a, a seven, eight, nine, ten win season. It's just a great thing for the Texans. The more that Deshaun Watson has a little owie on his shoulder uh, and can't play football. All right, our car wreck of the day. We do that next year. Our final segment of the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, I want to tell you about the good people at Apollo Men's Health. Apollo Men's Health has been doing it for a long time. They've been doing things that get good results for you. And it could be a variety of different ways. You could be getting older and you don't have the energy to get through your day and get the things done you used to, and you think there's no way to get it back. It could be the fact that you're going to the gym, but you're spinning your wheels. You don't feel like you're getting results, and you don't think there's anything you can do. You could have problems in the bedroom and think that there's no way that you can get your old self back again. You can. From the boardroom to the weight room to the bedroom, Apollo Men's Health are helping and changing people's lives on a daily basis. You want to lose weight, can't get to the gym, think that there's no solution for you? Now with FDA-approved semi-glutide, you can lose up to six pounds every week, and you don't have to touch a weight or a treadmill or a bike. It's fantastic the things they do. It's great the way they care about their patients. And it's amazing to see the results that they get on a daily basis. Check them out right now. Go to ApolloMH.com. See all the services they offer. If there's something that you think could help you, sign up for your first appointment right there online. When you do, most major insurance is accepted. Discounts for military personnel and first responders. Mention my name, Joel Blank, when you sign up. You'll get a free body composition on your first uh, official visit, which will actually chart your results so that you can see when your body fat's going down, when your muscle mass is going up. Get one every so often, and you can figure out you're getting things done and making progress even when it doesn't feel like you are. Or if you don't want the body comp right away, why don't you get a B12 shot? See if it gives you more energy on a daily basis. You get them weekly like I do. You get more energy on a daily basis. And you feel better about getting things done and how you're living your life. It's fantastic. They care about you. They're going to get you results. They're going to ask you tough questions. If you give them honest answers, they'll get you on a program that works. They'll get your results you need. Go see my friends at Apollo Men's Health. Informed opinions are oftentimes presented here. You're locked in with the Killer Bees on 97.5 and 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. 
final segment of the Killer Bees here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Joe George and Joel Blank here with you today. Jeremy Brandon was here until 5, but was he? he left. Um, if a tree falls in the forest quickly, okay. did it ever fall? Does it matter if it fell quickly or not? Well, it does because you were here for a while kind of before you fell. You were leaning. It's true. But then when you fell... You fell so quickly, and there was still more of a forest that had to endure the weather and the I don't elements. Know. I'm lost. I think you have to answer your own question. I mean, he bowed out early. That's true. So was he here at all? He was here. Okay. Uh, speaking of here, uh, we have a weird schedule next week. Uh, we will not have a show on Monday. We will not have a show on Friday. But on Friday next week, uh, we'll have a show tomorrow. Next Friday, we will not have a show. Uh, we'll have a 30-minute show. But we will be live. The entire station will be at East River 9 next Friday. We are going to do a watch-along, watch party. We're all going to be at East River 9. We're going to do a stream-only show. So we'll be able to listen on the app, on the website. But also, just like they have this new, beautiful TV outside at East River 9. We're all going to be hanging out, watching games. Maybe John Granado will be there. He was he was Granado Claus last night. Boy, wasn't he, though? He handed out Coors Lights like it was candy. But, it was you know what, but the thing is, is he's so dedicated that like people said no and he almost got offended. I know. Yeah, there were a few young ladies uh, there that were ordered... drinking and or working and he was like, "No, really." Well, he came a... back like two and three times. They were they were at one point I was ready for another beer and and he was reloading and I got impatient, so I got another beer and I got some dirty looks from people we work with. I could tell that they were not happy with me that I was drinking another beer in that moment. Really? Fact. So you're going to bring it up but not name names? Ooh. Uh, Juicy, Brian. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to name names. I, oh, uh, Brandon's not here. I know he likes drama. So oh, I know love he's some drama. drama. It was not, Brandon was not, was not part of this. All right. Let's get to our car wreck of the day presented by CarWreckTexas.com. You all right? My money's broken. The bolt's coming through. Let me see. Let me see. Ah! Give me your f-ing loan, you brick. Where's my f-ing money? This is the car wreck of the day, brought to you by CarWreckTexas.com. All right, our car wreck of the day, brought to you by CarWreckTexas.com. Get in your nominations at 713-780-3776. Uh, I'm going to start here today, Joel. Is that Are okay? You? Well, I mean, all of a sudden you're running things, and now... Do you want to start? No, go right ahead, Joe. Uh, Let, I'll let you start, because I'm amicable that way every day. I'm going to I'm gonna nominate a, a bunch of teams in, in one fell swoop, okay? If the Atlanta Braves lose tonight, the four winningest teams in baseball, the Tampa Bay Rays, Baltimore Orioles, Atlanta Braves, and Los Angeles Dodgers, who won 404 games between them, will go 1-12... In the postseason. So I would like to nominate all these supposedly really good teams for being a total disaster in the playoffs for the car wreck of the day. Um, okay. And I've already... Welcome to the party, Dre. Thanks for joining us, and I'm extremely sorry for your loss. Um, I already gave Dre credit for the fact that he got in with Baltimore fans who already have a lot of receipts that they have to live up to. I love how people just disappear and don't own it after they eat it for some of their tweets previously. But I'm not going to go that direction. I'm going to stay in the baseball playoffs like you. But I'm going to say that Arcia, the shortstop of the Braves, Mm. deserves this one because he's wearing it twofold. 
And Bryce Harper, what I love about all this, and if you missed it, there was reports out that were verified that Arcia was laughing and calling Harper out, Bryce Harper, for his base running that they call blunder. I didn't think it was a blunder. I think he was being aggressive that he had to be, and it backfired because Michael Harris made a hell of a catch. But the fact is, is that he took it personally, took it to the took it to task, and hit two bombs. And rounding the bases both times, he completely stared Arcia down, and Arcia was just basically trying to hide in a corner somewhere. Yeah. And then in the post-game press conference, he took it to another level, basically explaining, this is baseball. This happens, and then I do what I do. And basically, he didn't he didn't shy away from it. He owned it. I loved every bit of this. Don't poke the bear when the bear's as good as Bryce Harper. I, I th- I'll just like throw in there like the, the complaining that the Braves were doing that somehow like the, that the quote got out there and it was supposed to be in like a more hush hush setting that the media made a bigger deal of it. Like someone said it, right? So like like and there's media around. Like like what do you expect if you don't want to say like if you don't want to have those things be issues? Then don't say them. Like it was just the whole situation was bizarre. I know BMAC, you just got here, but do you have do you have <laughs> a nomination? Uh, it's to the city of Dallas overall, but in particular, a reporter that we probably all know, uh, Clarence Hill Jr. At least we we know of him. He sent out a tweet. Uh, this was yesterday, quoting. Dallas has owned Houston in everything but Major League Baseball. High school football, high school basketball, pro basketball, and pro football. It's time to do it in baseball, Rangers over Astros. First off, the Cowboys have done nothing since the Texans have been in, in, in the NFL in 2002. They have the same amount of playoff wins. Neither one has been to a conference championship. Yeah, the Rockets have two titles to the Mavericks one. And you're bringing up two different high school sports? Yeah. Shut up, Clarence. That's Shut stupid. up, Dallas. You haven't dominated Houston in anything. Didn't North Shore actually win it against the team that was quote unquote Dallas y? Yeah, I just. I mean, North Shore and Katie kick ass in high school football every year. Yeah, I just. What are you talking about? To me, like, there is no. Like, this is the first time. I've been in Houston for almost 10 years. This is going to be the first time that it's actually mattered. I guess, like, I guess when I first got here, like, what, 2015, 2016, there was a Mavs Rocket series yeah, in the playoffs. The, the, there was a series the, that was the, that was the gun to the head thing that got the Rocket oh, social media guy oh, got fired. My boy Chad, yeah. my R. boy Chad, R.I.P. Chad. Yeah, that <laughs> was never gotten fired. That was, that was, that was brutal. That's because Mark, that's uh, Mark Cuban through a temper tantrum. Yeah, I know. But he also knew how he could get to Les Alexander because Les and his ex-wife were the founders or close to the founders of PETA. Yeah, whatever. It was so stupid. All right, let's get our let's choose our winner. Wait a minute, can we also just throw the key from LA in there? Oh, he's just car wreck of the year. Key from LA. Thank congratulations on supporting the Utah Jazz of Major League Baseball. You you threw it in our face all year. The Dodgers were going to go further. They were better. They were going to be the champs. And Bill Plaschke too. To Jeremy's yeah, Bill point, Plaschke's Bill Plaschke and Key from LA and all Dodgers fans. Suck it for another year. You're the Utah Jazz. You're great in the regular season, and then you go poop all over the place and go home. Uh, car wreck of the day. Twins manager Rocco Bardelli for bl- uh, for blaming the shadows from three two zero nine. Okay, that's true. Yeah, I know, but I feel like shadows that was are the train same. wreck from like two days. Yeah. Shadows are like yeah. batter's eye. Both teams have to hit. With yeah, it. that's a, that's a delayed car wreck of the day. So I think we're gonna have to pass on that yeah. one. Which, um, which one are we? Brian, you can be the judge and jury. Who gets? I think we dunk on Dallas. I think we dunk on Dallas. Dallas sucks. Clarence, Clarence Hill Jr. Train wreck of the week. Car wreck. Car wreck. Sorry. Car wreck of the day. Brought to you by Car Wreck Texas. You guys voted that, not me, because I'm I'm very leery of crapping on a on anything to do with a team you haven't beat yet. 
I think it's just annoying to brag about something that hasn't existed. So I'm just going to dunk you, on He brags about high school sports. Yeah. Two of them. Okay. And Frank, like, you're right, Joel. Maybe it's early. Maybe it's going to. Yeah, I may, saw your face when I said that. I'm like, I'm just not maybe, that guy. Maybe it's going to make BMAC and I the car. I can do it. I'll take that on well, the chin. I don't well, care. Well, I've already won it twice. So, all right, that does it for us here on the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Joel Blank, Joe George here with you, Jeremy. We'll be back tomorrow at 3. We've got Game On with Barry Laminak and Jerome Solomon. That's next year on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5.